Welcome guys to the MPSN show, or Nakona Power Sports Network show. Uh, today we're going to be doing a little bit different. We're going to start getting into interviewing certain coaches. I got a couple coaches that will be joining the podcast, but today we got a guest on the show. We got Coach uh, Donald Lawrence, uh, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach out of Paraline High School. Uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself and see what he's all about, so uh, you can take it over. Nakona, it's good to be here, brother. Thanks for having me on your show. Yes, sir. Um, this uh, concludes my 12th year of coaching uh, at four different spots. Um, it, it's be in Pearland and work with the Pearland staff and, and the kids that, that play there. So I'm um, excited where I'm at. I know things are, are a little strange right now, but um, I feel we got a good staff in the building and in the athletic department and great kids that will be able to navigate it and uh, come out the other end just fine whenever that other end uh, becomes available. So thanks for having me, brother. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining. So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions and then we'll get into a little bit more detailed stuff. So we're just going to start off with like what character trait of your own helps you develop as a coach and as a teacher or educator uh, every single day? I think the main thing and the reason I got into athletics um, as a kid and why I enjoyed it and why I wanted to be a major part of my life is just being competitive, um, you know, and especially in Texas high school football, our, our games are in the paper. Everybody sees your work every Friday night. Um, and, and so that the competitive nature of the job uh, drives me to kind of grow and excel and always be ready. I think that's an important aspect. Um, to, to be ready. So in the morning, you know, sometimes I'll stare at my freaking feet down <laughs> bed, not wanting to get out. Um, but I got to get out. I got to get my mind right. I got to go on my morning jog. I got to make sure I'm up with current events and I got to get, get to work on football. So, um, cause I know that other people are, so that's really the main thing. Just wanting to compete and wanting to show off a product that you, you know, uh, we spend all year trying to develop. So that's the main thing. Yes, I know Texas high school football is probably one of the biggest <laughs> biggest in the country. So how does working at your previous schools, whether I don't have a clue, I think it was a 6A and I'm, I don't know what other schools you worked at, but how does working at previous schools help you develop as like an offensive coordinator and like an offensive line coach, like bringing in that new knowledge and like being around new athletes? Well, I think um, it's very similar to anything else. Uh, if you ever get a chance to do a study abroad program or go to a different part of the country to learn, um, I, I think that's very important because people are different and people have different experiences and uh, they have different perspectives on things that maybe you get conditioned to. Uh, I think people really don't understand how conditioned they are to think a certain way until they see something done different and kind of have a revelation that that way is better. And once you realize that you're not as smart as you think you are, um, you really start to have this craving to, uh, to learn and to see how other people do things. So um, I've been fortunate to coach at, at four different spots. So I started at Brownsville Porter High School, which is uh, known as Porter by the Border, is on International Boulevard in Brownsville, Texas, Porter Cowboys. Uh, they were coming off consecutive 0 and 10 years when I first started. 
we went two and eight my first year and the next year we went six and five and it was a, an incredible experience watching those kids um kind of turn from uh expecting to lose into uh really being hungry and, and fighting through adversity and, and getting the job done and uh you know that was in at that time 5a was the biggest program that you could have and we only had carried i remember one game we had a couple injuries and uh, you know a couple failures and we only carried 32 guys on our varsity into a Friday night ball game, which is nothing. Um, one. So I learned a lot about, uh, you know, having to having, uh, being able to use your personnel, offense and defense, how to get those kids ready, how to prepare their body for playing both sides of the ball and just really how to, um, watch kids fight, let them fight, let them play. Uh, you know, I think that's an underused aspect in collegiate athletic or in high school athletics is, uh, you know, thinking kids can't go both ways. Uh, if they're good enough, they can. Uh, I think high school kids can play all day if you ask them to. Uh, my next stop was at Langham Creek. I was there for two years. I was a uh, linebacker coach there for two years, wanted to get back to the offensive side of the ball. So I had an opportunity to go with uh, Coach David Rathfield, who's now the head coach at Bridgeland, to AM Consolidated. Kind of wanted to be in a one-horse town. At that time, College Station High School wasn't around. Um, and so went there, did the one horse town thing, which was cool. Cause there was a, a you know, the college station and Brian, uh, newspaper and our kids were in the paper. And that was the first time I ever got interviewed by a reporter. And so that was kind of cool, um, for being in a one horse town, learned a lot from coach Raffield and his staff. Um, uh, and after one year just was fortunate that, uh, I guess I left a good enough impression at Langham Creek. I was called back to be the offensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, I, I couldn't pass that opportunity up. I was a young guy at the time, only 27, um, to go to a program and work under uh, Coach Todd Thompson, who had, has had a lot of success um, as, a, as a coordinator and as a head coach. Um, it was a great opportunity for me to go seven years and, and learn. Uh, what led me to Pearland is I felt I just got stagnant. Um, had an opportunity to interview for a few head coaching jobs, finished second a couple times. Um, and you just kind of get to a point where you feel like it's time to move on. It's time to learn some other things and do some things different. Uh, when the opportunity at Pearland came up, um, it was kind of a, let me fill it out and see, see how it goes and came over and talked to coach Tullis. And it was, a uh, it was a no brainer for me. Um, love the things going on at Pearland. It's got a lot of competitive advantages. Our athletic department and the principal, uh, do a great job putting us in a position to be successful. So, you know, all along the way, I learned different different skills, different uh, attributes from different coaches, different leaders, different leadership styles. Um, and you have to, you know, I think that's one thing that's important that you learn through athletics. You have to adapt to different leaders. You have to adapt to different coaches. Um, and that's one thing that I've been able to pick up along the way, and I'll use those lessons for the rest of my life. So I know you just said you came from, uh, I know you came by Porter, Consolidated, Lamb Creek, and now you're at Pearland. So whenever you make those, obviously you make them opportunity changes or you change your uh, role in, I guess you could say, high school football as a coach and an educator. How was the transition from, like, moving from a school, like, I don't think Lamb Creek's that far away from, or I think it's pretty far from, uh, Pearland, how was that transition over to Pearland, like with your family and stuff like that? Well, one thing, uh, 
You know, I think my dad's a former coach, and he always kind of prepared me to whatever setting you're going into uh, through athletics. Uh, when in Rome, act Roman. You know, fit in, try to uh, build relationships, and and uh, and learn, and kind of keep your mouth shut until you figure figure some things out. So. That's one thing that that's kind of helped me, but I will tell you this, I think that the toughest transition I had would be from uh, Brownsville Porter to Langham Creek the first time, completely different student body base, completely different dynamics of the school, uh, socioeconomic status, things like that. But at the time I was 24 and single, so I didn't have to worry about anything other than myself. Um, and that was a very, very easy transition going from Langham Creek in Northwest Houston down to, uh, to Pearland in South Houston. That's a whole nother animal. I'm married. I have a two year old son. Um, and so you have to think about those people. And as you grow and your family grows, uh, you kind of put them first. I'm fortunate. My wife works down at the uh, medical center. So really anywhere along the beltway was going to be the same commute for her. So, um, you know, that was the most difficult part, making sure it was the right move for the family, not just putting myself and my ambitions, uh, first, but, you know, really the overall goal and needs of, of my family. So that's really the hard part. Other than that, coaches are coaches, kids are kids. Um, education is education. There's good, there's bad, there's everything in between. So, you know, that, that part's not hard. I'm used to that part. And one last question before we get uh, transitioned into something else is, um, do you see yourself in the future becoming a, a head football coach for uh, our athletic coordinator for a different school or either, well, it's 6A, 5A, or like do you just see yourself as a head coach in the future? That's ultimately the goal. Um, you know, one thing I believe is uh, you should always try to excel in the position you're in. Anybody can lead from the position they're in. Um you know, my, my son's in the back leading the position he's in, making sure the dog can get up the stairs. So, um, you know, those are things that uh, that definitely I think about. And I try to keep a log um, uh, of lessons learned along the way from head coaches. And I appreciate uh, the different positions I've been in, especially the last two. Uh, the head coaches, I felt, really kind of involved me a lot when it came to head coaching decisions. Uh, whether asking my opinion or just letting me hear the process and go through the process that they have to go to or go through. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, I also think uh, one last point on that, Nakona, and I think this mm -hmm. is for, for people everywhere, is you shouldn't put your value based on what other people think. So it's easy to get discouraged if you go in for a couple interviews, you don't get a job, even if you think you did really, really well. Uh, you end up coming in second or you don't even get a call after the interview at all. Um, you know, you got to stay true to you. You go through those experiences, you learn. Um, and each time you try to get a little bit better uh, in every different interview or, or uh, scenario where you're put in a position to be a head coach is an opportunity to learn for the future. So I'm just trying to collect as much knowledge as I can right now. And, um, you know, one day if the opportunity is right, um, I do hope to move into that role. And another thing is, I know we're moving into, obviously, your Texas high school football. Obviously, you got California. You got big, big states that are high school football related. 
and across the US you had the UIL realignment so obviously you got George Ranch that left the district you got um, Brazoswood that left the district how is the new district uh, how is has it impacting you as a coach or the coaching staff how is the new how do you like the new UIL alignment what is your thoughts and stuff about the new UIL realignment process well, I think it's necessary. Uh, you have changing populations. It's necessary to try to keep a competitive balance. Um, you know, the days of uh, Hoosiers, um, no matter your size, we're going to go play you. Um, you know, those days are over and they should be um, when you look at our school and our population across the state. But I'm excited about our new district. I never, I, to be honest with you, I never look at any of the speculations. Uh, every head coach I've worked for sends them out. We get like all these speculations and rumors and things like that. And I always, I never look at it. I mean, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. And whoever they put in the district, we're not going to be scared of anybody, no matter where I'm at. I'm not going to approach it that way. We're always going to try to prepare to be the best we can be week in, week out. Um, I, I know, I guess the obvious thing for this one is having Shadow Creek put in, um, them coming off a state championship. But as far as I'm concerned, um, they're, they're right down the road from us. It'll be a great challenge. It'll be a fun atmosphere. Uh, but our kids are, are pretty similar to their kids, and I feel confident in what we'll be able to do uh, when the time comes. This might come back, and, uh, you know, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but that's all you can do. You can just prepare to be the best you can be, and, and we're going to show up. And... Uh, no matter what time of day, night, where at, parking lot, if it's an empty stands because of the virus, whatever, we'll be there and we'll show up. And that's really all you can do when it comes to realignment. Concentrate on yourself, get yourself ready to go, and be the best team you can be. And I know coming from like a player standpoint, we'll do the – obviously we see you guys with – us players going down, breaking down film, going over plays and stuff to that sort. What goes down on game day or the week preparation um, for your next upcoming game as a coach? What are you looking at as a offensive coordinator or what is a staff looking at against their next opponent and what they do or schemes and stuff to that sort? Well, one thing I've always tried to do is just keep it, keep it as simple as possible. Uh, you can get into scenarios where you try to over plan and over break down film of the opponent and, and create these different blitzes that they may have shown one time in nine weeks and you drive yourself nuts. So I try to keep it simple, uh, base fronts, base coverages, um, and, and look at personnel. Um, who, who can we attack and how can we get that person in that position? Uh, one thing I always think is the best 11 are out there. Uh, it's not like they're going to have the fourth best defensive player sitting on the bench. And as soon as we start having success, they're going to put him in to stop us. So I know what they have on film is going to be their best 11 guys. Um, and, and really just kind of looking at the players um, and, and where we can take advantage from there. Uh, as far as the week goes, we go in with a basic, pretty basic plan as far as whatever the, the coverage is, their base coverage is. Uh, whatever their base front is for protection and run game. And then one thing we always try to do is uh, make sure every week we get ready for the, uh, you know, the oh crap, they're going to get up in our face and, and man us up and 
process and how are we going to, how are we going to beat that? Cause I've, I learned a lesson early in my career, 2014 against Jerseyville was an outstanding secondary and we weren't ready for it. Um, they got in our face and if it weren't for, uh, we didn't have trap in the game plan that week. I don't think we would have won. So, um, that's just a lesson learned along the way. Uh, we tried to not work on everything in one day. So, you know, one day we're going to work on inside the, the 20, inside the 10 offense. We'll work on between the 20, normal down and distance offense. We might carry two plays for third and eight plus, um, and, and we'll make sure we rep those plays. But uh, we're going to try to be true to ourselves, um, be good at what we do, and, and not overthink things. As far as in the game, um, you know, that's why I'm in the box. And what I'm looking for is green grass uh, and how to put players in that green grass. What can we call to put our best players in a position to be successful? Um, so that's really all, all we're looking for and, and making sure we have an offense that's big enough to put everybody in those positions, but not so big that it's confusing and we're not good at running it. And I know most coaches, I mean, offensive line coaches, obviously I listen to uh... – a couple different football podcasts with offensive line coaches. And I hear power. I mean, you mentioned power. Coach Kenny's mentioned power. And a couple other coaches mentioned power. Why, I mean, as an either as an offensive lineman or as a coach, why is pa- power so important in a coach's game plan? Like, what, what can you run out of power that allows it to, I guess, excel? Like, what's the point of basically a power? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think the angles of the play, all right? So starting on the play side with the offensive lineman, you know, we're, we're stepping with our backside foot. We got backside gap. We got backside aiming point. We're trying to take that defender against his will, Nakona, from point A to point B. Um, you got a good angle by the by the fullback, the H-back, the tight end, whatever you want to call him that's up in that sniffer, sniffer back position because he's already on the inside part of the the man he's trying to kick out uh just by alignment so he's got a good angle um and then you have the the pulling guard uh so we're gonna we're gonna bring a big hog molly and we're gonna let him put his feet in the ground and bring the pads on a linebacker and make that linebacker make a choice am i gonna fit inside of this guy i'm gonna fit outside of that guy i don't know what i'm doing because i'm scared to death of this 310 pound guard i got coming or maybe it's a 240-pound guard that's just tough as nails. It doesn't really matter. All right? So that's the main thing, the angles of the play. And then off the play, you have a bunch of wrinkles. Um, we're going to attack the the A-gap and make you stop us from running in the A-gap. That's always the first thing we're going to do every week. Um, and once you stop that, uh, it's easy for me to see how you are stopping it. Are you bringing somebody from the secondary into the box are you squeezing the outside linebackers into the box to get an extra hat in there um and if you really establish that a gap that inside gap um it's easy to see how they're trying to piece it up and and defend you so that's kind of where your other plays and constraints come off of it one more question before we uh run out of time obviously as being an offensive coordinator i uh, offensive line coach, and I know you. I believe you're the assistant head football coach for Paraland. What do you expect out of 
uh, Pearland this year in developing as a program, um, a family, a fan base? What do you expect out of Pearland this year? Um, the only thing I can expect see, is uh, for us to bring our best, like, every day. You know, I think uh, when you say, I want to do this down the road, I want to have this many wins, I want to go this far in the playoffs, I want to have this many yards as a receiver, I want to have this many yards as a running back, this many tackles, uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. I think you have to win those, you know, just like I like football, bringing it back to the beginning of the uh, the podcast, the competitiveness, the one-on-one battles. Um, that's what I like about year-round getting ready for football season and getting ready for an individual game. The one-on-one, me versus that day, and am I going to get better that day? And I think that's all we can do. And as long as us as coaches demand it, and as long as players respond and try to get better every day and don't pout or think they're entitled to something, which entitlement means uh, to me, it means deserving of something they haven't earned. Um, if, if everybody goes out and works and does what they're supposed to do, I think the wins, losses, where we end up at the end of the season will take care of itself. Um, I really believe that. So uh, that's, that's kind of my expectation is just – Tomorrow, we're going to have a, a meeting at 7 o'clock, and we're going over power, actually. Uh, we're going over God's play, and it's God's play because it's unstoppable. You know, so kind of setting that tone right now. If I can get those guys to believe that it's it's a play created by God, and because God created it, it cannot be stopped, um, you know, I think that'll pay dividends when we move on to the fall. So that's all really I expect. I expect everybody to do their job and bust their tail and get better every single day and bring their best. Is there anything you want to uh, let the viewers know before we uh, close it out here? I know we're about 20, 21, 22 minutes in. I don't want to keep you uh, in here for too long. Is there anything that you want the viewers to know uh, before we head on out? Yeah, I want them to know this, Nakona. I want them to know that one day when you're the, uh, you know, the Nakona Rogan, uh, <laughs> of podcast that coach Lawrence was on your podcast and don't forget about me. Yes, sir. Alrighty. Well, that wraps up, um, the podcast with, uh, coach Donald Lawrence, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach at Parallel high school, assistant head football coach. And I hope everybody has a safe, uh, day. Hopefully everybody stays inside, stays quarantined and, We'll see you guys next time.